0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. The official changing of the guard. The torch passing, if you will, is... Is all said and done. It is over. We are officially in the era of NXT 2.0. We have a new unified... Well, I guess technically not new. He, He had the North American Championship beforehand, but whatever. Carmelo Hayes is the guy. He won his match with Roderick Strong, but the big headline coming out of New Year's Evil Tuesday night, we have a new NXT champion... Rex Braun Breaker dethroning Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa tapping out to the Steiner recliner. Never thought I would see him willingly give up Goldie. Very, very interesting booking decision there. I I don't know how I feel, SP3, about Tommaso Ciampa just giving up his baby.
1: I I like it. It puts over Braun Breaker the right way. Like, I, I feel like it's in the same vein as when Ilya Dragunov tapped out Valter. Like, yeah, it, it takes them down and they're not the monster they've been built up to be, but... Was it the right thing for the person that they want to, you know, transfer all the heat and all the momentum that they built up for their person on? Does this put them over in the best way possible? And it did. Uh, Braun yeah. Breaker had his best match ever. Champa showed some of the brilliance that has made him one of the best wrestlers in the world. And they had a very good main event and a very good way of passing the torch and starting the 2.0 era with Braun Breaker at the helm
0: now you and I have very different uh ways of determining what makes a a great match you go into this huge you know uh Meltzer-esque grading system me I go for how many times I audibly scream a swear word uh and there will there were several moments in that match I think uh Breaker hit the hardest spear on Tommaso Ciampa in the history of all of WWE that guy hit him like Ray Lewis would hit a running back in the Super Bowl. He de Tomaso Tommaso Ciampa in this match tonight. And that was only maybe the third hardest hit of the entire match. This was, it was, it was brutal. It was, um, it was stiff in certain spots. Tommaso got cut above the eye. Personally, I would have liked to have seen Tommaso pass out. But here, here's the thing. They did do what was right by Breaker, and that's the most important thing for this new version of NXT. You're going to have the the NXT purists out there, the 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 fans of the old guard, the old show, the the indie style, the darlings, you know, the Johnny Gargano's, the Tommaso Ciampa's of the world, who are who aren't going to like that. And part of me doesn't like that because it doesn't fit what we have seen out of Tommaso Ciampa throughout his entire run in NXT, especially. You know, that's Goldie, man. He he. You should have to kill him to take that title off of him, and he tapped out. A he did. Bit. He did pretty much kill him.
1: He hit. I, he hit I the. Know. He hit the double Steiner finishers. The top rope bulldog, which really was the story, which was a botch in the first match. That they made the story of that yes. first match, yes. and they did that very which well. Brilliant. I think that the only thing missing that would have made Tommaso Ciampa tapping out mean more is if commentary and the video packages building up this match would have emphasized that this would have been the first time Tommaso Ciampa has ever lost the NXT championship because his first reign, he had to relinquish the title. So this was a very important win but i feel like it, we would be viewing it at even bigger if commentary would have emphasized that point of it all and i feel like the the top out finish would have been even more would have been even more instrumental. Yes. like if you had someone like michael cole who loves to say this is history this is history this is history a, a thousand and one time he's the type of commentator and not to take anything away from big joseph who i think did a good job during the main event sure. but sometimes when you have someone as experienced at the wwe way of telling a story i think they would have made i think someone like a michael cole would have made a bigger emphasis on this is the first time tomaso champa has ever lost the nxt championship and he's losing by tapping out I that know. makes it that makes it bigger i don't think a pass out finish would have been as effective because that's effective in building another match between champa and breaker because people could say breaker didn't really make Champa tap out or didn't make Champa submit. He didn't pin Champa. Champa just passed out. That puts over Champa, doesn't put over Breaker, which is not the point of this match. This right. match was to put over Breaker. That was the right finish.
0: This I mean from from the opening hell before the opening bell when you had Breaker literally go out there and break a giant gold X. Yes. I loved it, first off. I absolutely loved that. Just the imagery and uh, everything involved. They, they hit you over
1: the head with
0: what was
1: going to happen on this yeah. show.
0: Yes. And, you know, speaking to some other people, I I, I knew that, you know, everybody knew Breaker was winning this yeah, match. This yeah, was,
1: this was the most telegraphed NXT championship win, probably, probably since Sami Zayn at nxt take over our evolution.
0: I mean I think Samoa Joe beating Karrion Cross was pretty telegraphed. Mm,
1: I don't I don't think it was as telegraphed as this one. Like there was there is a there was a chance they would have used Joe to put over Karrion Cross even more. That's that's why I said, like, there, there's that little inkling of a chance there. There was no chance Chapa was going to win here. We literally, on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, we're doing the watch-along, and someone said, something's telling me that Tommaso is going to win. I'm, and I literally responded, I think something is lying to you. Because <laughs> there's nothing telling me he, that he- Chapa was going to win this.
0: The only reason why you keep the belt on Ciampa is if you have looked at the body of work of Rex Breaker and go, I I still want to call him Rex, Broad Breaker, and say, all right, he's ready. Let's bring him up to the main roster. That's that's the only reason. If you go, all right, we're just going to bypass an NXT title run for him, which they have done with superstars in the past, and just hot shot him straight in. He's in the Royal Rumble, whatever. We're moving forward. We're going.
1: But to be honest, outside of Braun Strowman, has that ever worked out well for them? No. Yeah, exactly. No. So I think I think they made the right move here.
0: Yeah, no, they did. Um I I think people like myself, you know, we, we see somebody like uh Braun Breaker, who is a blue chip, can't miss prospect, but he's still a prospect, he still has some seasoning. This, as you said, was his best match, but there were still parts in the match tonight where you could tell he was still thinking. Right. Like the it it's it's not all coming naturally to him. Uh yeah. the the spot where he had uh he he went to do a double leg hook on Tommaso Ciampa when he wasn't supposed to do that because Champa's gonna grab the rope there. So he kind of hesitates and then he doesn't he so he reaches into cover but he doesn't he pulls back and he lays back on him because that's what the spot's supposed to be. And even something as simple at the end of the match where he's getting ready to pull the straps down he gets he starts putting the straps down he's like oh wait i need to stand over him first and then he gets over top of him and then he pulls the straps down you can just tell he's still thinking a lot about it and watching this match i'm sitting here going he is so damn good but he's still a little green and he does need a little bit of seasoning and this nxt championship run that he's about to go on uh is going to be very very beneficial for him uh but he'll be up on the main roster I think sooner rather than later. I, 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 It's just reps at this point. He just needs more reps.
1: He's very much, he fits the mold of a Leque or a Leviathan in a developmental pass. And for anyone who doesn't I was gonna say, know. What
0: kind of prescription is that? What did you who, who, say? For, Leviathan?
1: For Leviathan and Leke For people who are unaware of who that is from their developmental times. I am talking about Roman Reigns and Batista. That, that's what braun breaker right now is akin to in his presentation and how he looks and how he is in the ring where he has star potential like the way he feeds off the crowd the way he hits his moves with the nice little snap and velocity that not a lot of guys can hit and just you just, just look wise he's Top notch, like the head of the class, but he's getting other things. And just, I really think that his connection with the crowd and the way he responds to the crowd is one of the best things about him for such a young performer. So I'm, I'm very happy they made this choice. He's going to continue to grow and he has, and he still has workers on the NXT roster that can get the best out of him. You just have to put him in there with those workers and please don't put him in there with Encino man, AKA Von Wagner.
0: The man with the five head. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We we were talking about this before we uh, before we went on the air. You know, this, for an NXT 2.0 show, which now it, it, it is entirely developmental. So there's going to be ups and, and downs and you're never going to get a flawless show, especially when you have so many characters that you're literally just shucking stuff up against the wall and seeing what sticks. Not everything is going to be good. I don't know what the hell Von Wagner said tonight. I don't know what he did. Like, he's just out there, and I'm like, guys, this ain't clicking. It it it's it it's just not clicking. And maybe, maybe he gets better. He just needs more more time, more prep, more promo classes. I don't know. They're gonna keep putting this guy out there and they're gonna give him every chance to to succeed because that's what this show is all about. But whatever the hell he did tonight. It wasn't clicking, and it was something that broke up an otherwise really good show. We had three really good matches tonight, and we had one match that didn't quite click, and we will get there, but it is time, SP3. Are you ready to answer the five count? We did have two passing of the torch moments tonight, two members of the old guard, Tommaso Ciampa and Roderick Strong lost. We just talked a lot about Braun Breaker, the other guy who was victorious tonight in an absolute banger of an opening match that unified the North American and Cruiserweight Championships, which let's be honest that basically just retired the Cruiserweight Championship. (laughs) Carmelo Hayes does defeat Roderick Strong. Uh, If Braun Breaker is your like top 1A prospect. Carmelo Hayes is 1B. But that's the first question I want to ask. If you could pick one guy, like one guy, this is the future of your company. This is the guy you are going to ride to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say. Would you choose Broadbreaker or would you choose Carmelo Hayes, SP?
1: So if I am starting my own promotion and who would I pick, I would pick Carmelo Hayes because Carmelo Hayes is the better worker of the two. He's not green. He knows what he's doing in the ring. And I feel like just about anybody on the NXT roster, he can either have an entertaining to a fantastic match against. But if I'm WWE, It's Ron Breaker. Like, this is easy. It's easy day. If I'm any other promotion... Besides WWE, it's Carmelo Hayes. That's your camp miss blue chip prospect. And he's been like from where he was as Christian Casanova on the independent scene when I first discovered him back in like 2016, 2017, to where he is now. He has improved so exponentially. It's it's ridiculous. Like just in the ring, his timing, his pacing in matches, and just overall his, charu- his charisma. He just oozes it. And then with Trick Williams. By Asai, who is by far the most hilarious person in all of WWE right now. Sorry, R Truth. You got to move <laughs> over. Rick <Kirk laughs> Williams is the funniest man in WWE right now. That's an act that is great on NXT, while Braun Breaker needs a little bit smoothing of his uh, canvas for a bit. But if I'm WWE, of course, it's Braun Breaker.
0: Yeah. And, and I. I couldn't have put it better myself. If I'm looking for a guy that I'm going, if I'm starting from scratch, you know, you take the best player available. The guy who you think has the highest ceiling and it, it is Braun breaker. It really is. Carmelo Hayes is the guy who's ready right now. If he had lost to Roderick strong tonight, I wouldn't have been mad because you could put him on raw or SmackDown and that guy is going to shine. And that guy is going to be a main event player sooner rather than later. Cause he you're right. He has everything and he is ready. I think he's a guy who is ready for the main roster right now. There aren't those spots that I talked about with with broad breaker where you could tell he's thinking about, OK, I need to do this or I need to do that. Or where am I at at this certain point in time? There's none of that with Carmelo. He is confident. He is smooth. The stuff that he could do in the ring is is out of this freaking world. The The counter off of the superplex that he did holy that was one of those moments where i jumped out of my damn chair because one i thought he was about to break his freaking neck which thank you wade barrett for bringing that up on commentary because that was the first thing that i thought of it was like how is this man not dead right now and it's because he is a freaking superior athlete that is how that works um so them keeping the title on him for right now great cool this guy's. This guy, first off, has to be in the Royal Rumble this year. I want to see it. I want to see it bad. I want to see him have that kind of like, the Bianca Belair type performance uh, in in the Royal Rumble this year. But uh, yeah, if I'm, I I I'm gonna have to go with the same answer. We don't agree often, but I'm gonna agree here. If I'm WWE, it's Braun Breaker. If it's anybody else, I'm taking Carmelo Hayes.
1: I wouldn't put Carmelo Hayes in the Royal Rumble. I don't want him to touch. The main roster for at least a year or a year and a half two years this is a guy that can fill a slot that is very much needed looking at the nxt roster like you you've you've lost adam cole kyle riley bobby fish johnny gargano in uh, in the past few months Carmelo Hayes is kind of a fusion of all those guys. He could be your show stealer. He could be your 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 top worker on the brand. While Braun Strowman, uh, Braun, excuse me braun breaker is the face of the of the brand right now as nxt champion carmelo hayes has the perfect spot in being the north american champion and making that the workhorse title like the intercontinental title was in the past like the tnt championship is for aew carmelo hayes can do that for nxt and he could become a stalwart like one of those guys that they build the whole promotion around with braun breaker and carmelo hayes WWE kind of has a Roman Rollins 2.0 so they just have to work on keeping those guys in NXT until they're ready to commit to them becoming that becoming those roles on the main roster
0: right and that's you, you say all that and I agree with you and that sounds great in a bubble but I'm wondering if any of that really even matters on NXT because it is truly a developmental brand. It is not about the brand anymore. It's about the superstars. And when they are ready to graduate and Vince says, yep, I want that guy. They're gone. It doesn't, it it doesn't matter what the plans are on NXT anymore. So if, if Carmelo's ready, which like I said, I think you could plug him into the main roster and he would be good to go right now. Um, Vince also,
1: it's also that he wanted Ricochet and Alistair Black on the main roster. So saying that, like that's that that's the, the that's the hey, the, hey, the, the hey. end all be all. No, it's not realistic. He has shown in the past that he can want somebody from NXT and not know what the hell to do with them. So I rather that him doesn't mean, I rather his build a Black... reputation on NXT.
0: That doesn't mean that Black and Ricochet weren't ready because they absolutely were. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying Black,
1: Ricochet, or Hayes are not ready to be on the main roster. I am saying Vince McMahon is not ready and has never been ready for any of those three to be on the main roster. In 2022, th- th- January 4th, 2022, I'm more confident than ever to say that.
0: That's a completely different conversation and a completely different argument that we don't have time to get into on this particular episode. So as Alton Brown would say, that's for another show. Uh, let's move on to uh, the the loser tonight in the main event. As so we hit to number two uh, on our five count here, Tommaso Ciampa. He got his, he, he finally did get that. That second run that we all thought he deserved. Never lost Goldie in the first place. Had to relinquish it due to the neck injury. Long time coming. I think it was well over three years before he finally got the championship back. And there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that had to go around him getting this title run. He finally gets it. It's obviously a, a, a new era in NXT. Broadbreaker's the guy. Where does Tommaso Ciampa now fit in NXT 2.0? Is there still a place for him on this brand?
1: Yeah, there's always going to be a place for him on the brand. Is it a prominent place is the better question? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because going by the women's equivalent to Tommaso Ciampa, Eel Shirai, she's kind of been lost in the shuffle for quite some time. You could say that she wasn't lost in the shuffle in that tag team with Zoe Starks. I will I will just play you the, the segment with them in the sushi bar and tell you I think otherwise. So I, if if Tommaso Champa is going to be the Freshto uh Rai of the men's division, I, I can see Tommaso Champa being happy with just that. I mean, for over a year, like before he won the NXT championship, which was only due to Samoa Joe being out. Yeah. Um He was kind of just in a tag team in a random like upper card feud with Timothy Thatcher. So he was kind of in the middle in shuffle. So I could see him getting back into that role. But uh, he's the type of guy that I could see them kind of running him through the guys they want to make. He's made Braun Breaker. I can see him going into a feud with Carmelo Hayes. I can see him going into a feud with Tony D. Of course, Grayson Waller. The story already ma- ha- writes itself with Grayson Waller taking out Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa being able to feud with him next. That just makes a whole lot of sense. So there is feuds and there's stories still to be told with Champa on NXT 2.0.
0: Yeah, and they they did that too. I mean, yes, he put over Braun Breaker, but don't forget he was the one who put over uh Carrying Cross when Cross first came in. Yeah. He got squashed. Yeah. He got squashed by Carrying Cross, and that started his meteoric rise through NXT. And then that meteor crashed into a planet once he got to the main roster. Not his fault, uh one iota. Uh that that's another conversation for another day. Um, maybe maybe we should just do an entire special. Of NXT superstars that Vince McMahon just effed up. <laughs> that would be like a two-hour show. <laughs> it really would. We we fantastic. need to do like a tier listing
1: of like of like completely ruined their career, completely ruined their WWE run, uh, made them made them meaningless. Uh <laughs> I haven't seen them since. <laughs> like different tiers like that. I can see that happening.
0: Here's our milk carton category. If you've seen them, (laughs) please
1: call us. If you've seen these people
0: (laughs) check catering first things first. Um, But no, I, I agree with you. If, if there is still a role for Tommaso Ciampa, it is going to be either putting other guys over or honestly, I could see him going right back into a tag team with Timothy, Timothy Thatcher, Timothy Thatcher is a guy we have not seen on TV in a, in a while at this point. It would make sense to put him in Imperium, uh. All things considered, that that's a match that tonight was really really good. We didn't. We're not going to have a whole lot of time to get into it. Fantastic, I thought.
1: I thought yeah. that that was the that was the match of the night for me.
0: It, it was. It was really really good. Matt Riddle is is quickly becoming one of my favorite people to watch inside the ring, uh, outside of it. Uh, I I find him annoying. as all hell. I know he is massively uh, over uh occasionally he'll get me to chuckle what was it what did he say his fish's name was a swim shady that popped me on uh, on monday night raw uh but yeah that match overall was was really really uh really really good so if they're not going to put thatcher in with the uh, I- imperium which they could you could push him right back with tommaso champa but when it comes to champa man and i've talked to him about this before he does want to do some other cool shit on the main roster with him. It's all about the schedule. Yeah. There's no reason why he can't be a part-time main roster performer. And I'll go with the one image. I'll go with the one image tonight that got me more excited than anything. And that was just seeing AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa in the same damn screen at the same damn time. Give me that. If you're going to put those two guys on the screen together, you you got to follow through on that at some point, some some way, somehow. I would like to see Ciampa get a little bit of a run on the main roster, whether it's on SmackDown, whether it's on Raw, and just let this man run down his bucket list. The guys, let him wrestle Rey Mysterio on Raw. For the love of God, that's like outside of The Undertaker, that's like the top dude he wants to wrestle. Let him wrestle him. Who gives a crap? It would just be good. You don't have to push the man to the moon. Just let him go have some killer matches. I know that's not their MO, especially on SmackDown. They don't they don't let people wrestle a whole lot on those shows unless it's a time-filling gauntlet
1: match. And especially for someone who's not a draw and you're telling me they're going to have a part-time schedule. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see that happening. I think that either Ciampa is going to have to make a change to what he wants and understand that for the things that he wants to accomplish, yes, he's going to have to do a full-time schedule on the main roster. Now, if he's willing to change the way he's thinking and do that, I'm all for everything you're saying here. But if you're putting that on the basis of WWE agreeing for Tommaso Tampa, a guy that has has proved not a draw on even NXT, honestly, when you look at the numbers for them, I don't see them be willing to give him a part-time schedule.
0: Oh, no, you're right there. You're right. There. I'm just saying this is what I would like to see. And I'm hoping that they have plans for him to go to the main roster at, at some point because, again, WWE, they are, they do a lot of things that just drive you nuts. But if they put something on screen, they have a plan, or at least an inkling, that they're going to play pay it off at some point down the road. More often no, than not, I don't they, agree. They, if they put that little bit of bait out there, there's a more often than not they do follow through on that. I'm
1: telling you, we could do a whole countdown show of the amount of times they've teased something and not followed through on it, or not paid it off.
0: I didn't say anything about a payoff, but I'm just saying, like.
1: A payoff is if you put your styles on the screen together, that means that you are either gonna do a tag team match with them or you're gonna do a singles match with them. And I am saying that I don't think that, that was the that's the the idea behind putting them on the screen together. I think the idea of putting them on the screen together is to pop the crowd. It's the NXT champion on the same screen as one of the biggest WWE superstars. Nice pop of the crowd. Okay, move on. Let's get to AJ Styles robbing out to Grayson Waller. Who knows? Maybe because I mean, I mean, that was the best part of AJ Styles on this show.
0: It took him 15 minutes to get to a match. We knew was
1: going to happen for the past month. Like I was yo. I, I really. That,
0: li- I liked a, uh, AJ Styles promo tonight, though.
1: I, the promo is fine. But when you take 15 minutes worth of the show for a match that you would think would happen on this show to set it up for next week's show, where, yes, AJ Styles was good for what he was, but Grayson Waller is just, it's just playing the idea of a WWE heel. Like, he's not playing an interesting character. He's not playing something that's intriguing or compelling. He is just a caricature of WWE heels And his promos Are scripted And very obviously scripted To be a WWE heel That I totally tone out Of the whole thing And then by the end of it I just look at the clock And I'm like It took them 15 minutes To get to a match We knew was gonna happen A month ago
0: Yeah
1: That was unnecessary
0: Yeah I, I do agree with you there I I think Waller has a ton of potential And I think that you know, he can be so much more than just cookie cutter heel. um. But they got to give him the opportunity to do that. And I'm hoping that they give him uh, the opportunity to do that sooner rather than later. And who knows, by the way, maybe Tommaso Ciampa gets involved with that match. Grayson Waller, somebody, something happens in that match next week. And Tommaso Ciampa has to come down and make the save, setting up a tag team. It could get involved with AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa in a match together just not on the main roster maybe it happens on nxt who knows we'll see moving on to number three we talked about uh carmelo hayes he retained his north american championship and in doing so absolved uh the cruiserweight championship he's i don't know if he's gonna hold up both belts but uh, it it does seem like uh the cruiserweight title is is going uh bye-bye there was that press release that the WWE sent out, or at least like the preview on the page that said they were going to call it the North American Cruiserweight Championship.
1: Which is just ridiculous. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I and somebody finally realized and went, yeah, that's dumb. Let's just call it the North American title. Uh, so number three, are you okay with WWE retiring the Cruiserweight Championship?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> The
1: WWE have not cared about the cruiserweight championship since they introduced the title. They, they, they put a lot of time, effort, and, you know, passion into the CWC, the cruiserweight uh, championship tournament, which was great, which was great. But by, in my opinion, the greatest tournament that WWE has ever produced in the, in the history of the company. But, since then, they just haven't really cared. It didn't pay off for them putting it on Monday Night Raw, making 205 Live, never paid off. They don't even care about that show. Odyssey Jones is a mainstay of that show now, and he is definitely like <laughs> double 205. He's 405.
0: Um, it's 405 exa-
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine with WWE retiring the title. If they don't care about a title, getting rid of it, doesn't hurt anybody it's just sad of where we were with that tournament to how it's ending i mean and it be the title going to nxt did improve it some and i felt like we were on the cuffs of you know it being revitalized completely when kashida had the title and there was rumors of them putting more focus on the cruiserweight championship but man all the all the reports and rumors we heard about nxt they have just reverted and flipped on his head in the last couple of months and now the cruiserweight title is retired which is not surprising at all
0: no um not only am i more than okay with this but my message to wwe is don't stop now Let's retire a few more, shall we? The 24-7 title, get rid of that damn thing. Because all it is doing is killing five to six minutes of a three-hour show, and nobody cares. Nobody cares about the 24-7 title. It has been nothing more. If they would treat it like the old hardcore title and actually put some entertainment value into it, that's fine. When Reggie had it for all like. The first couple of weeks, and he's doing his flippy-dippy stuff in the park, and our truth is chasing him around. Okay, that was funny, but then it got old. Um, I don't know. It's not working. Nobody gives a damn about it. Get rid of that trucking thing. Uh, I would also uh, re- not retire, but I would uh, consolidate the men's tag team titles because I don't believe that they need two sets of men's tag team titles on the main roster anymore. They can be floating championships just like the women's tag team titles. WWE has way too many championships across all the board. I think they could get rid of a couple more. Yeah. And then maybe you could find time to introduce a women's secondary title, which is something that you desperately, desperately need right now. Hmm. Maybe not so much anymore, though, because you only have 17 women on the main roster at the moment.
1: I, yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, hmm, that's interesting because I definitely don't think they was, need another woman's champion because you 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 said a secondary woman's title without getting rid of the woman's the secondary woman's title that they don't care about right now the women's tag team titles
0: yeah um sorry that was an old argument that i made back when they had like 30 plus women on the main roster and you had really talented women like ember moon just sitting there doing nothing i i, I kind of forgot it just blew out of my head that yeah, they, they don't have a whole lot of women on the main roster uh, at this point anymore. Maybe they're about to get another one or a few more uh, because I'm wondering what they do now with Raquel Gonzalez after tonight's triple threat match where Mandy Rose did retain the NXT Women's Championship. I'll ask you this in a two-parter. Were you surprised that Mandy retained the title? And are you okay with the fact that she won this triple threat matchup Uh, with Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade tonight.
1: Yeah, I think it was the right call. I think Mandy Rose is the person that you could see that are kind of building the division around, which she is a very strong character, but this kind of goes against what the NXT Women's Division was kind of built on. Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, like in a lot of ways, the NXT Women's Division was built on Paige and Emma stealing the show in the finals of the first ever championship tournament and then at a, at a rival. Then from there, it was Charlotte and Natalia stealing the show at the first ever takeover, which put Charlotte on the map. Then you go from Charlotte to Sasha, from Sasha to Bailey, from Bailey to Asuka and Oscar's long run which is one of the greatest of all time then you think you're going to have a pause from there one champion after that is Shayna Baszler where she dominates the whole division you have the big coronation of Rhea Ripley that you know the Charlotte thing you know we won't talk about we'll gloss over that Io <laughs> Shirai has a has a great title win and then she puts over Raquel Gonzalez very strong yeah standard deliver but man, oh man, how far has this division gone since then? Like a year ago at TakeOver Vengeance Day, Tony Storm jumps from NXT UK to NXT. Ember Moon comes back from injury and returns to NXT. At the time they just had got Taya Valkyrie. They had just got yo. Like this NXT women's division, people were questioning if it was the greatest women's division of all time, not I just mean, in Shotzi, WWE.
0: Shotzi, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Tegan T- Knox. Oh
1: man, like the, the 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 multitude of talent that this division had, and now you circle back to January 2022, and Mandy Rose is the champion. There's Io Shirai is an afterthought on this roster. Kaylee Ray, they got this big presentation, a big debut from going to NXT UK to NXT at TakeOver 36. She pretty much hasn't been on TV consistently this whole entire time, the past five months. Like they'll, and and when you look at it, but those two and Dakota Kai are best workers and they don't even consistently be on this damn show. They are focusing more on Mandy Rose and toxic attraction because, like I said yesterday, they got the titties. They got the titties. So they, like, you know, the titties and the ass and the ass and the titties. That's what draws for WWE and their women's division. That's their focus for the NXT uh, women's division right now. Do I agree with it? No. But I think they did make the right call of putting the title on Mandy Rose here.
0: I will agree with you in the sense that yes Mandy retaining does make a lot of sense and it's for two very very specific reasons for me. One Cora Jade's not ready. Uh yes. I know she is uh getting over with the crowd and she has this great uh personality. Her, her- I mean,
1: Not to interrupt you, but I'm sorry We should not be judging Carl' responses from the CWC crowd when you look at how they qualify people to be a fan at the CWC. It's basically they qualify you to be like, are you too good to take money to cheer for people that you don't want to cheer for? basically so to say that Cora j is getting over with the crowd is to assume that these crowd responses are actually genuine responses continue on continue
0: i mean i wasn't i mean i wasn't i wasn't gonna go there uh
1: i just wanted to put that out there that we I cannot i wasn't we
0: gonna go there but she she's obviously somebody that the company sees value in and sees a future in. And I'll say this much. She has, she's got one thing down right now and it's her facial expressions. I mean, the way she tries to tell a story in the ring through her eyes, through her face, she's got all the confidence there, but there were so many times in this match where I don't know if she was lost or confused or just didn't know what to do next. But there were, I saw you put out on Twitter earlier, like, this, this match just didn't click uh, tonight for you. And I think that had a lot to do with it. The fact that I I don't think Cora Jade was quite ready for this spot yet. Very, very talented uh, young girl. She's just a little green at the moment. So she does need some more seasoning. So putting the title on her didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then I saw people who were upset that Mandy Rose pinned Cora Jade. I'm like, why, why are you upset? Clearly that's the, that's the one that should have been pinned. You want Mandy to beat Raquel Gonzalez? again Again? (laughs) no hell to the no especially because raquel gonzalez right now should be on smackdown
1: she should be on the main roster,
0: face with charlotte flair that's where raquel gonzalez should be right this second that's where she is the most valuable to wwe she is ready for the main roster there is no doubt in my mind that's why that's why mandy rose winning tonight Makes perfect sense in the world to me.
1: I love how this matchup was a battle of transportation, though. You know, you had Cora Jade come out with a skateboard, you got Mandy Rose make her engines with a helicopter. You it had was Marce- one
0: husbandship
1: every you, time you, you had Raquel Gonzalez who is officially gone from uh big mommy cool to the Mexican American badass. <laughs> so I'm all for it. <laughs> i broke rick ladies and gentlemen i'm happy <laughs> mexican american <badass. laughs> yo i was coming up with some good ones watching yo the NXT is like the best show to come up with like stand-up material for some of these characters like because when they debuted uh wendy shu when they finally introduced her and then she said some line and I was like, I realized it was like epiphany. It's like two things came together. I was like, yo, Wendy Chu is WWE's Aquafina." Like, I just saw Shang-Chi and then she said the line. I was like, that's exactly what Aquafina would say in Shang-Chi. So I was like. I,
0: I will say this much. That woman's my spirit animal. Uh, that just chilling back, sleeping, relaxing, like just showing up to work and just being as lazy as hell. That's who I wish I could be. Like I can't be that. But damn it, that woman is living her best life. And I guess we're going to see her wrestle. I, I what I want to see next week, I want to see her asleep on the ring apron. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> For the great. entire match.
1: That'd be great. And then That's she, it. Wakes, she wakes up, well, the other partner is like down on the ground, she's the only one that can tag in. She probably wakes up, and
0: tags and gets tagged in. And then immediately just gets knocked out. <laughs> Just knocked unconscious. I will say one thing that is not clicking for me as far as this new women's division. What what is Tiffany? What? What the hell? Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. What is this?
1: What? What is this character? I mean, Mandy Rose, Toxic Attraction, and Tiffany Stratton. They got into the the telephone booth in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) And they are they are they are pulled from time another time from 2008 WWE Divas Division, and they have been pulled here to 2022 in
0: NXT. Which is a shame because, well, I don't I don't know much about Tiffany, to be completely honest with you. I I, I all I know is she picked apparently up a she's an
1: Olympic gymnast.
0: Cool, you took an Olympic gymnast and you turned her into a daddy these girls are ewe or whatever the hell she said tonight what the Ugh. just no no who's who did they give the ewy lines to Eva Marie they you are having grown ass women say ewe on yep. national television
1: yep because that's what WWE does
0: <laughs> no one talks like that Unless they're six. Uh. It's annoying. It's annoying to me. All right, a fun one to close out the show as we close out the five count here. Uh, we have seen a multitude of main roster stars make their way back. Uh, Into NXT recently, we saw Kevin Owens uh, do it for uh, a brief stint. Obviously, Samoa Joe came back. Most recently, Matt Riddle and now AJ Styles. So I will ask you, SP3, if you could pluck one superstar from the main roster to have a guest appearance in NXT, who would you choose? Either Seth Rollins or
1: Ricochet. Seth Rollins, because he has the history, he has the star power, and there's a lot of interesting stories that can be told with Seth Rollins on the, on uh, NXT. And plus, he's different from what we have right now with AJ Styles and Riddle, is that he's a heel, and he can mix it up with some of the babyface that are Lex experience, like a brawn breaker, uh, and feud with those guys and get those guys better. Ricochet, on the other hand, is someone that can make do with a run in NXT in the same way as Cesaro in the past, where Cesaro was lost in the shuffle on the main roster. He goes to NXT. He has a spectacular feud with Sami Zayn, which really revitalizes his career on the main roster. He gets into the Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship. He eventually wins the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He's in like the Intercontinental title scene. And all of that goes back to that feud, with Sami Zayn on NXT. So Ricochet is the type of person that right now, yeah, he's lost in a shuffle on the main roster. But if he goes to NXT and he's still in the show with Carmelo Hayes, he can have a great match with a Grayson Waller. He can he can have a great match with a Braun breaker of the world. Those type of guys, he can come back to the main roster and they'd be like, you did good by us by putting these guys over on NXT. We're going to give you more of an opportunity here. So those would be my two top sources.
0: Now I want to see Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet in a match.
1: <laughs> I just thought of that. that. As I was talking, I just thought of that, that's, that's the more, number one match I would want if you do make Ricochet make a guest appearance. It has to be against Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams on the outside as Carmelo Hayes has Ricochet in like a cross face. He's like... <laughs>
0: By the I way, we're getting it. we're getting the YouTube channel up as we speak. All of our old episodes are going to be uploaded, so you can just see the motion that SP3. For those who are listening on the podcast, which we appreciate you, by the way, uh, brand new show. Please spread the word. Follow us on social media at Rick Uccino at Heel SP3. That is true without the e. Uh, but the, the YouTube channel is being launched as we speak, so please go back uh, and. and I mean, it's SP 3s facial expressions, much like Cora Jade, that just sell the entire experience of this. Uh, you are not going to be surprised by my answer one one tiny little bit, and it's Becky Lynch uh, for me. I would have Becky Lynch drop the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania to Bianca Belair, and then immediately just show up in NXT. And take the title away from Mandy Rose. I would do this for a couple of things. One, the fact that she's the only four horse, four horse of uh, the four horsewomen to never hold the NXT title is uh, something that needs to be rectified at a certain point. And then two, I would have her immediately go into a feud with Kaylee Ray and have Kaylee Ray take the title off of Becky Lynch. Simple thought process there, because Becky Lynch. It's going to be very interesting to see what she does when she does lose that championship because this character now has become all about everything that she used to be against which is staying on top at all costs and squashing everybody underneath her and she has be- that title is everything she's basically gollum uh in lord of the rings like that is her precious so what happens when she loses that i'm very interested to see that i think a brief little run in nxt could be really really cool especially if we do get Kaylee Ray and Becky Lynch at some point so that's that would be that would be my answer I would say Cesaro but we've seen it already as you, as you brought up so you know there's a couple other people I could I could throw in there but that 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 would be the one for me no no surprise there the the, the Becky Lynch guy says put Becky Lynch in NXT Such but in the fact Homer she, I, I don't hide the facts I don't I just dis, I display my uh what do they call them uh, my Stan Hood. Uh, prou- <laughs> proudly. Uh, we do appreciate you guys uh, again uh, joining us here. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow because we got another big show. AEW Dynamite. Yes. You break it all down.
1: Yes. And we're going to be on two hours of sleep from watching New Japan Pro Wrestling
0: Wrestle Kingdom. Don't talk to me about lag of sleep. Okay. <laughs> so we recorded our post-Raw episode last night. By the time I got it uploaded, it was about 1 a.m. And then my alarm went off at 1.30 to go to work. And I have been up still to right now a half hour. So we're going to end this episode right now so I can upload this MFR and then go to sleep. We'll see you guys. Well, again, once the YouTube is up. We'll see you guys. You can hear us again tomorrow right here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, available wherever you get your damn podcasts. And once again, we appreciate you sticking around with us. Have a great day, everybody.